yes, we rotate 360 degrees. High, high, 360 degrees. High, high, 306. 306. 360 degrees. High, And welcome, welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced, hosted, and engineered by apprentices of the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Tonight on Full Circle, ladies and gentlemen, we'll digress from all the commotion and all the excitement that's been going on in the world and just slow it down for a minute and take in a collection of thoughts on something we need just a little bit more in this world right now. And that's the magic word, love. Love. On tonight's show, we're going to explore in depth that so elusive word, love. So whether you're somewhere madly deep in love, tired of being in love, looking for love, or lost of love, I think we're going to have something that will interest you tonight. And we'll be taking callers on the subject later on in the show. So write this number down for all your Valentine's shout-outs and get ready to call in. The number to the love show is 510-848-4425. I'm Dennis the Menace Roos. And I am David de la Gran. Tonight is all about love. Stay, Stay with, with us. Welcome back to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1. As we take a break from all the chaos that's been going on around the world and sometimes around the corner, we stop for a minute to focus on love. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be taking calls tonight where, we, where you will be able to send a message to that special someone, whether you're already together whether it's complicated right now or whether you want us to help break the ice, tonight is the night. <laughs> Although one might automatically assume we may be talking about romantic love, but there are many different types of love. Like I love my home. It brings me comfort, a safe place where one can relax from the world, unwind, and my most intimate moments take place. I love my parents. They brought me into this world and taught me the things that I need to know in order to help me to survive into adulthood with only minimal injury. But I say that to but I say that although for such a small word it could be used in many different forms. Love, the other four-letter word. Different expectations of one another and miscommunicated love is one of the most frequent causes and arguments and separations. Or what about misunderstandings such as, yes, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Have you ever run across this situation before, Mr. De La Grande? You know, tell you the truth, I, I don't even know what that means. That's just so confusing right there. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. You know, you mentioned uh, miscommunications, right? Misunderstandings. And that's where, th that, that's where the, whole, the whole fun part begins. You see, la rose et la rose et la rose. 
A rose is a rose is a rose. Now that saying derives from the fact that a single rose on the table can mean so many different things to every person that's around that table. So whether whether we're talking about a love that's dependent on the other person um, or speaking about how we want to be when we're in love with other people, um, you know, there's different types that's, of love that's completely conditional and there's unconditional love, right? So there's all kinds of different kinds of love. And we often confuse this with love, right? Especially when you put... Uh, a, a jacket per se on another person and I name you my quote unquote boyfriend now there you start expecting certain things from that person or a girlfriend you start expecting certain things from that person and if they don't meet those expectations then there's a there's there's the problem yeah there's a lot of gray area in between all that it's like you know what does it mean to be the perfect person? What does it mean to be the, the perfect love relationship? With so many different kinds of people, you got so many different variations that can possibly exist. Exactly. And with uh, the things going on in the world as far as uh, television and, you know, expectations can shoot through the roof, you know, of a, you know what? I'm just a human trying to survive here just like you. Right, and then you also got, you know, the, the difference between monogamy, being, being polyamorous, you know, all, all different kinds of uh, words and ways of being within this whole construct that's, that's love. Well, since the inauguration of the current president, there has been much talk about love trumping hate. Nationwide, we've seen a massive flow of solidarity with many causes, with many people experiencing shock, fear, hope, and other emotions. But emotions are fickle. They come and they go. There has to be something that ties it all together. Or so that question on our next presenter's mind. So has take so take a listen at a, to a version of love and how it can be applied to everyday experiences as explained in this prose poem written and presented by Mr. De La Grande. Who is qualified to speak on love? A monk in the far-off mountains of the Himalayas? A pope? An angel? How about a sinner? They say a saint is a sinner that never gives up. So in that light, I will dare to speak. Love is tough business. It's hard to be in love and to keep it alive inside your heart. Not only does it test you constantly, but it puts you through the fire over and over again to refine you, strengthening the weakness right out of you pushing all of your limits. Now who wants to live like that, with that eternal nagging? But if we are talking about a type of love with a caliber so high that it can trump hate, a love that can overcome all obstacles and unite every capable soul, then it is fitting to examine what defines this love and how it can be cultivated. I think the greatest harm done the human race has been done by the poets. Well, poets are dull boys, most of them, but not, not especially fiendish. They keep filling people's heads with delusions about love, 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 love. Ah, love. Amor. Corazón. Abre tus ojos. De donde sale tu voz? You have heard of love and hate. Now listen to love. Sweetest love, so pure. Adorned of life so true, that with each perfect balanced step, you outweigh the past and press the future into creation, 
keeping me wrapped up within your present. You are the fulfillment of abundance and prosperity of life. I am secured inside your bosom. Te deseo en mi ser, añorro tu presencia, que me asustente tu palabra. Dime todo tu candor, dame aliento y tu sudor. Quiero encontrarme en tu seno. My heart, my residual flame, the luring fruit of my temptation. I yearn for your burning love, carrying me silently through the whims of life, where turbulent strides outside just pass me by. Remove me never from your loving arms, my hope, my standard, my shield, my rock. They call you treacherous, hard to find, but at the behest of the chest of the caller, you stand softly beside, ready to be tagged in with all your helping hands. And when undoubtedly playing with your dualities, I find myself in the throes of woes, so then, to emanate and draw from the deepest wells, the kingdom that you have buried deep inside. Who really knows this true spiritual love and what it entails in its totality? How deep does it go? The rabbit hole, the endless vibration that soars you higher and higher. Yet elation is an emotion which is momentary, fleeting, encapsulating but a waking moment. To explore the effects of love in the waking world, it is necessary to escape the fanciful, illusory speech of romantic love and pragmatically set its practicality to the daily grind of earthly existence. To remain steadfast in the center of balance is love's true touch, spiritual resilience. Who is it that when thickest clouds come looming over the horizon can stand so firm as to shelter others within? That kind of love, without condition, does not seek permission to let itself be known. To be at odds with hate is to not have learned of unconditional love. Thus, in good and in bad, produce love. In the face of deep, uncomfortable situations, breathe deep, breathe love. For love engenders fearlessness, unselfishness. The opposite engenders fear, greed. Which do you prefer? Which do you feed? If you choose the higher effects of the spectrum of love, things like righteousness or equality, you then take on the charge of protecting the weak from the clutches of bullies by stamping out the lower vibrations, such as belligerent ignorance, while maintaining true love by examples of compassion, mercy, forgiveness, things which have been greatly distorted and made to look weak or undesirable. Beware to escape self-righteousness and egoistic tendencies. For love can be obscured by material gain, by sensory pleasures, when these things permanently take the place of the higher modalities of love. I speak of the desire for gain at the cost of others' well-being. I speak to the heart of the trumps of the world. What is with this fiendish contrivance of I'll make money off of you and your labor? When we can truly work together, remember the unreceived lessons of the conquest of the Western Hemisphere, which were never fully grasped. When we work together, we achieve an end, food and sustenance, warmth and shelter. The availability for everybody to tune in and make with love a better world is a very real possibility. For love is not far away, but only as far as we remove ourselves from it. And in that light, to move forward, to collude with other souls, other minds, other strides, and see the many manifestations of love in action. Love is courageous. I'm gonna love in my heart to the fullest. It's eternal and abundant, ever present for the giving. And when I think of your fruit, your sweetness, your taste, I am helplessly lost and cannot return to the proximity of passing flavors, of temporal bliss. 
but seek you out full-heartedly to make you a permanent part of my waking life. You who seem to be so fleeting, when I so busy seek you out. Only until I relax and step back do I know you and you know me. You, the eternal charmer, always there ready with your love. Look around and start to love. This has been yours truly, David de la Gran. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. And I would, I would just have to say that that was one of the most interesting commentaries on love I have ever heard. You know what I think? I think you would have to listen to that masterpiece twice in order to really appreciate the complexity of that wonderfully recited piece. You should go online to www.kpfaapprentice.org in order to hear that one one more time. We're your host, Dennis Demenis. And I am David de la Gran. And you know, one thing that we're talking about in that piece right there was, uh, was the resiliency of um, essentially the spirit, right? But the resiliency of love. And that's, it's something that I've been, um, you know, incubating in my brain um, for, for some time. And I'm sure humanity has been incubating it for eternity now. But uh, the, the idea behind this is really, what are you bringing into a relationship or, you know, a relationship with life, relationship with X, um, as you enter the relationship, right? So that's kind of where, where, where the, the strength, the, the, the signpost, the, the rod, the, the staff kind of comes into play. You know, you walk into a relationship, are you a whole person or are you in need of something? Are you carrying baggage like... Do, do I have, am I responsible for all this baggage that you're bringing into this relationship? You know? Yeah, like. do, you, do, you have, do you have the strength even to carry that person's, you know, baggage? Or are you both just going to get, you know, carried away off into the, into the ditches? Yeah, cause you, you have to be honest with yourself of what you're bringing into a relationship. Not just your assets, but definitely your liabilities. Yeah, you know, you got to be able to emotionally like carry somebody else, you know, out of out of a tough situation. You know, like they they say in in um in in wedding vows, right? Through the good, through the bad, you know. And so when the other person's bad, you know, are you going to be able to counterbalance that? Yes, definitely. You have to be a counterbalance. Or um, one thing that I would suggest before you would go deep into a relationship is maybe maybe find a, a a mentor or maybe some kind of a counseling because you you will have a rocky time you will have times where you just want to break it off and you know uh you feel like this is the end you're closed you're shutting the door I'm shutting that person out let's move on to the next but you know I I feel that it may be if you're meant to be with that person you'll find a way back yeah, and, and having, you know, an excellent amount of, like, counselors is going to be, is going to help along in, in the way, you know, and maybe, you know, people that are not so, you know, like, with different interests, you know, in you and whatever. But, um, but yeah, I think in the end, you know, when you got, when you find somebody you love, you know, it's like nothing really, nothing really matters. Exactly. Nothing even matters. 
I like that. De la Gran, nothing even matters. Thanks for tuning in tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a short music break, and we'll be right back. song you just heard was Nothing Even Matters by Lauren Hill featuring D'Angelo. And just a heads up, this Sunday in honor of Black History Month, there will be a Lauren Hill special broadcast hosted by Ricky Vincent and our very own KPFA apprentice, Teresa Adams. Tonight we're talking all things love and romance. And up next we have Audio Desperado. Recently, he had the pleasure of speaking to Stacy Cray, who produced a musical based on the relationship between Jean-Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir. Let's take a Love listen. Love is a word that gets thrown around a lot these days without any clear explanation of what it means. Love and relationships are a major part of the human experience and can be really complex. Today I have with me Stacy Cray, who has written and produced a musical titled Love the Struggle. Based on the relationships between two philosophers, Jean-Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir. Stacy, how are the factors that the philosophers believe impact love, such as roles, shame, secondary relationships, and thoughtfulness, hold relevance in modern society? Thanks for having me here today. It's really great to be here. So we're here to talk about my project, Love the Struggle, as you mentioned. And when I was in college, I was a philosophy major. And I studied existentialism. And as you and I talked about, I had a really um, 
formative experience in England. I went to study abroad at the University of London, and I was thrown into a situation where we were in the tutorial system, which was very different from where I went to school. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I was in a class with two students, and we had a three-hour class each week, and one of us had to write a 10-page paper and then lead the class for three hours. Wow. So this... Um, class that I was in was on being in nothingness, which is Jean-Paul Sartre's major philosophical work. Mm. And so I got very deeply into his philosophy, and I really never forgot it. Um, I really, it was, it was very impactful to me. We're going to talk about why a little bit later, but um, it, it sort of carried with me, and his thoughts and his views were things that I found myself agreeing with and disagreeing with and, and contrasting with other views that I came across really all my life. So um, a couple of years ago, I was looking at how to incorporate philosophy more deeply into my music. It's mm -hmm. been something that I've always done. But the idea of writing a, a lengthy piece, a two-hour piece about one uh, subject matter, one theme was very appealing to me. And I started to think that what I wanted to write about was how philosophers said one thing and did another, you know, mm -hmm. how, how people... Um, talk flowery talk about love but then go home and strangle their girlfriends and yeah. there can be a, there's found a lot of that in um in sort of modern philosophy and what happened was that i got stuck on the story of of jean paul sartre and his um his longtime love simone de beauvoir who was uh one of the first feminists of the 20th century mm -hmm. um she predated the american feminists uh of the 1960s by about 15 years with her book the second sex mm. and i um, read a lot about their relationship and got very interested in their definitions of love and their their mode of being together Awesome. And uh, just for those of you who are tuning in now, we are speaking with uh, Stacy Cray on her upcoming work, Love the Struggle. Um, we are going over uh, Jean-Paul Sartre and uh, Simone de Beauvoir and their philosophies on love. Um, maybe next we should move into talking about how they defined roles. So... You know, if you take um, the beginning of existentialism, and, and Jean-Paul Sartre was really the founder of existentialism, although he didn't really like that term, um, one of the f fundamental tenets of existentialism is something that he said, which is that um, existence precedes essence. Mm. And what that means is that um, we are not defined by what we are. We are not defined by the physical objects that we are. So you and I are both bodies, we're here in this room, mm -hmm. we're physical presences, but we know intuitively that we are more than that. And mm -hmm. when we look at other people, we feel that. So that when I look at this water bottle that's in front of me, it feels controlled, like I can understand it, and it's not going to do anything that's going to be um, surprising to me necessarily. But yeah. a person is very different. And the first thing that he came up with was this idea that other people are what tell me that I exist because I have a relationship with another person that's different than I have with this water bottle. And I can have very intense relationships, very uh, relationships that are sort of fraught with emotion and feeling with other people and they don't feel controllable and it doesn't feel like I'm alone or that I have control. I'm in this world with these other people. Mm -hmm. And so what we have in other people is we have this body, we have this physical object, but we also have this consciousness this freedom, this thing, what do you want to call it, a spirit, a, a soul, whatever, something mm -hmm. ineffable that's not materialistic that we use in our everyday lives and that is part of us as human beings. And those two pieces, what he called the object 
and the mm-hmm. subject, the subject would be consciousness, are part of everyone. And when we interact with other people, what we're trying to do is is basically um, communicate with both aspects of that. Yeah. And it's difficult to communicate with the subject part because the subject part is kind of out here and it can do whatever it wants. It's involuntary. And um, one of the things that he noted about human relationships is that people tend to want, sometimes want to be the object. They mm. want to be perceived as this thing. So one of his most famous descriptions is about a waiter. You see a waiter at a restaurant and there's something about the waiter that's just not quite right because the waiter is really trying to be the waiter. So the waiter mm. is bringing the coffee too quickly and being a little too solicitous mm-hmm. of thank yous from, from the customers. He really wants to be seen as this object, but really he's not that. He's something else. He's something more than that. And when we interact with other people, Mm-hmm. We have this desire to have them love the object. You want me to love you as the DJ and think that this is the most amazing DJ that right. ever was, right? But you're right. not just the DJ. You're this guy who's sitting in this room thinking about other things while we're doing the DJ thing. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of you that I can communicate with. So those that sort of dichotomy between the subject, which is, he would say, free, is something that can't be controlled, and this object, which is this fixed thing, those are the things that really make up what a human being is. And love and relationships have to deal with kind of both aspects of personhood. Really enlightening how we present ourselves basically versus how we really are in, inside as individuals. Right. Yeah. He also had a lot of really interesting ideas on love and uh, love almost being a, a battle of uh, power within a relationship. Right. He had, I think, a very negative view of human relationships. And this is one of the things that stuck with me after I after I left college, was that to me, it seemed like he had something very right about human relationships and that it really is a battle. And what he would say is the battle is that you are, um, as the person who's falling in love, trying to make the other person love you as this fixed object of this thing. And you are trying to love this thing that is the fixed object. But when the fixed object has a viewpoint or uh, 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 does something that isn't consistent with your view of the object, th- mm-hmm. there is this um, this battle, this struggle between the two. And really what you're trying to do at some level is control the freedom of the other person. So it's a, it's a, it becomes much like a conquest sort of scenario where you're really this you have the person who is who is the stalker and you have the person who is the prey in some way and once the you know the hunter is able to get the prey the hunter becomes bored and mm. wants to to move on to a new conquest and prove to the other to the next person that he is a lovable character that his objecthood is something that that the lover wants back so there's this in his view, it can go back and forth between one person and the other. It's not that one person is always the strong one and one person is always the weak one. It can go back and forth. But there's no um, stasis. There's no equilibrium for him. It was just this never-ending struggle. And in his relationships, with the exception of de Beauvoir, he was very much like that. He was very much seeking the variety, the new person, to sort of fall in love with him. And then once they fell in love with him, he was bored and moved on to the next person. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. And you do have a song that kind of addresses some of these. This first song is uh, called Love the Struggle. 
and it um, chronicles the meeting between Sartre and his first girlfriend who predated de Beauvoir. She was a very highly paid uh, and successful prostitute who also read Nietzsche at night and was um, ended up being a playwright. They have this song where they um, where he is is deciding essentially to choose solitude and and saying that love isn't worth it and uh, and she's explaining to him that if he wants love he's got to have something to give back. All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, play a little bit of a clip of that for our audience here. Have you got some money? Cause you sure ain't got the looks, honey. You can't expect a thing like me. Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. That was Audio Desperado, Ephraim Colbert. And he was talking to Stacy Cray about her upcoming musical, Love the Struggle, which chronicles the relationship between philosophers Jean-Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir. And we just played a clip from Mr. Audio Desperado's Ephraim Colbert's interview with Stacy Cray. For the full interview, visit our website at kpfaapprentice.org. So that's pretty wild, huh? Um, uh, poly, polyamorous relationships uh, versus uh, monogamous relationships? Uh, yes, it is. You know what? Uh, you know, that actually works in some cultures. I believe in... Um, I know I read this somewhere, but in ancient cultures... Like when tribes went to war and a lot of the men died, the women had nowhere to go. And so the men that were left, they had to take care of these women. They had to, you know, make sure they, they that they kept the tribe together in order to, you know, make sure that the tribe survived. And so, you know, that could be a, a one a start of that, that, that culture. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, also, you know, looking at, you know, other other history or other, um, you know, historical documents, like, let's say, um, the Bible, right? And uh, David, King David, how many wives did he have, right? King Solomon. I mean, you look at, look at so many dictators today, you look at so many, like, you know, people... Um, people with money, people with uh, you know all this uh, extra privilege. You know how many how many lovers and escorts and stuff like that do they do they have? I mean, uh, yeah. But is uh, that, is that really love though? Um, I don't think it, I don't think that would be classified as as love as uh, most of society would 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 define it. You know, maybe maybe it's kind of narcissistic or. Maybe, yeah. You, just, you kind of just get bored, get bored and move on to the next person. Or, you know? <laughs> I don't know how that works necessarily. But um, one interesting thing that they mentioned in that, in that whole piece is that uh, the two philosophers, they never got married. Um, and that reminds me of my grandmother. My grandmother never got married to to grandfather. Uh, my, gran- my grandmother never got married either. So, you know, I, we're, we're both in the same boat, brother. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's interesting because you know, you consider like the the divorce rate right now, which is stands at stands at what? Um, I I know it's above fifty percent. That's uh, the divorce rate, man. Like people people decide that they're gonna bond their lives forever for eternity, and then it lasts like you know a year. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that's not funny, but you know it happens. The um and the, I I kind of. I, I kind of like people nowadays. I, 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 and this is just my own personal feelings. That it's just like a pair of pants, huh? <laughs> a, <laughs> a pair people, of socks. A pair of pants. A pair of socks. You know, uh, back in the day, you know, we used to. If you had a pair of pants, a good pair of pants, you would keep that pair of pants. That pair of pants got a hole in it. Guess what? You would fix that hole. That pair of pants got a rip in it, you would fix that rip. How many people today know would fix that rip? How many people today know how to sew? <laughs> <laughs> I think these are all these are all really good um, tools to have under your belt when you're ready to dive into a, a love relationship and to understand how many different kinds of relationships, how many different kinds of people there are in the world. Well, folks, after all we've heard tonight, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the moment. Do you even know what love is or what it means to you? 510-848-4425. Call in. Up next, I will share some more thoughts on that magical emotion. What is love? Everybody loves. Every single person at some point has had a small amount of bliss that changes the rest of their lives. And we're not the only ones. Even animals have fully monogamous relationships. But what exactly is love? I think um, having some responsibility and respect for another person, for another animal, or for the environment. To me, it's about respect. It's about honesty. Uh, it's about truthfulness. And it's about giving 
that feeling to to somebody else? Oh God, love is someone who makes you eggs in the morning. That that for me, and they know how to make them as well. Sunny side up all the way. <laughs> Let's finally answer that question that has perplexed man for thousands of years. Love is free. Love cannot be bought or sold or owned. Love cannot be touched. It is the single most powerful emotion humans can experience and yet it is far more than just an emotion. In fact, it could physically affect our bodies in some rather incredible ways. For example, when two lovers gaze into each other's eyes, their heartbeats synchronize and begin to beat at the exact same time. Also, love is a very powerful painkiller. In fact, just the act of cuddling has been known to cure headaches. During a loving embrace, the chemical oxytocin is released into our ovaries and testicles. Psychologists have shown that it takes anywhere between 90 seconds and four minutes to decide if you are really into someone. Let's take a closer look at this love thing, breaking it down into three stages, lust, attraction, and attachment. A person must go through all three stages to truly be considered in love which changes the notion of the love at first sight theory. You can't marry a prince from another country. You just met him today. Come on. Let it go. The first stage is probably the most biologically simple, driven by the sex hormones, testosterone, and estrogen. Stage two is attraction, which is driven by different chemicals all together. Adrenaline, dopamine, and serotonin. That is the stage that's responsible for making you sweat, the increase in heart rate, and dry mouth when you're around your new love interest. In fact, it actually has a similar effect on your brain as cocaine. And finally, attachment. During this stage, a bond is formed that keeps some couples together for life. It makes them want to have children. Research shows that there are two major hormones responsible for this feeling of attachment, oxytocin and vasopressin, which is released by men and women when they kiss, cuddle, and make love. It's what researchers argue possibly builds trust and closeness between partners. Science believes that the more sex a couple has, the more attached they become. Scientists also have shown that where there is a decrease in the chemical vasopressin, the bond with one partner decreases and their partner will no longer protect them from potential new mates or lovers. So to sum it all up, the answer to your question, what is love? Love is a state of deep attachment to a fellow human being caused by a combination of chemicals, specifically testosterone, estrogen, adrenaline, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and vasopressin. Sounds quite romantic, doesn't it? But in reality, Love is a truly magical and wonderful force of nature that can never be fully explained by science.
ladies and gentlemen, we have a couple callers on the line. We will get right back to you after this music break. Give us a call at 510-848-4425. If you're out of the area and you want to call toll-free, the number is 510-958-9008. This goes out to all the little queenies out there. We, you know, we want to give us a call out here. We want to hear from you. on the line right now giving us her shout out hey hi thanks for taking my call I wanted to say that um, what I found what I've studied what I've learned is that one of the main reasons relationships don't last or have trouble is because of communication and a lot of us have the best of intention um, think we know but we are working with what we know what we we have had as as children as um, in school or whatever and it really, really uh, puts people on defensive when we're trying to explain something. They get on defensive, and then it's like a brain block. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good your intentions are. It's going to put the other person on a completely, you know, adrenaline blocking mode. So I recommend um, this um, method. That's called nonviolent communication. 
by Rosenberg, Marshall Rosenberg. And it's also, um, there's a group on KPFA, I think it's on Sunday there sometime, that actually um, speak about it. So I was quite happy about that, that see that KPFA is also promoting, not promoting, but knows and it has a show for people to learn about nonviolent communication. You can learn uh, about it um, uh, at the center. There's a center, you just Google it. There's, they're all over, but there's one in Berkeley and there's a book. And there's a YouTube that has all the classes and an explanation on it. So you can do it for free or you can take a class. But nonviolent communication can really save a relationship. And not only that, but it helps you how to communicate with everybody, your your parents, your children, your neighbors, and especially when there's conflict. That's awesome. I think that that's, it that, is. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, that, that's so important. Thank you so much for your call. You're awesome. Nonviolent communication, definitely. I mean, we got to have patience. You got to have patience with, with not only, you know, your, your, your person that you choose, but also patience with yourself. So I, I think that's really, that's really key and important. So let's give out the number again. It's 510-848-4425. Give us a call. You know, who or what is your love? Give a shout out. And we're also going to bring in our next caller here. We have Charles from Oakland. Charles, what's good? Hey, wow. I like that Tower of Power. That was really powerful. And also, yeah, the nonviolent communication. Wow, I wasn't even thinking about that. But what Marshall Rosenberg says is that if I can feel, if you share your feelings with me and you share your needs, I can work with you. That's where we connect, where we can share those feelings and needs. But what I wanted to tell you was that when I look at all the people that I've fallen in love with, they all have certain the same characteristics. You know, I don't fall in love with all different types of people. I could walk into a room and I can always pick out that one person that just like, love at first sight, please come home with me. You're the one. And I recently came across the book by Harvell Hendricks. And the title of his book is Getting the Love You Want. And you know what he says in that book? He says every single person has something he calls the imago. And it's that imago that we're really looking for. And that other person talked about attachment. I like that because as a baby has to be, I had to be attached to my mom, right? And somehow that attachment, I walk in that room and that's the person. I walk in the room and I sit right next to that person. And before the night is over, I'm like, we're out. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So all of that stuff happens. But you know what? It's, I, it's, you know, I can find it can be a beautiful person. It can be this, that, and the other thing. But that certain something and and Harville Hendricks says the imago is about the way your mom smiled, the way she smelled, the way she touched you, or more unfortunately, the way she didn't touch you and she didn't smile. Now you're going after that for the rest of your life, and you're trying to get somebody to give me, please, begging, give me that which my mom did not give me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Powerful, horrible Hendrix, right? Mm-hmm. Horrible Hendrix. Mamaita, like, wow. mamaita, como te quiero. I love, I love my mama. Yeah, wow, that was that was really deep. That nonviolent wow. communication, yeah. the, you know, that yeah. goes into a lot with um, body language, yeah. verbiage. Yeah, you know yeah. that that has a lot to do with it. And as far that uh, that person that you're attracted to, and they have that same, they have that same 
you know, um, what am I like? Vitality, that imago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you get onto the dance floor, you know, you get on out there into the nightclub or you're at the whatever wherever you're at. You know, that's and when you're dancing with somebody, that's how you really know a person. You know, well, I I feel like you know when the way they dance is the way they are, and and uh, yep. All right. Uh, thanks, Charles. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the information. Thank you. Uh, all right. Uh, right now we have also Judy. Judy's uh, calling us here from San Francisco. Judy, what would you Hi. like to say? Yes. Um, among all the other um, love, you know, um, re, uh, ways to love and, and what love is. Um, should I talk now or what? <laughs> yeah, go right ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, sorry. So, I see that love is when one loves and respects themselves enough so that they're able to encourage their the person that they they love to evolve in whatever direction they need to evolve in and that and and it should be reciprocal so that it's a growing individually and growing together exactly, exactly. rather than some sort of power thing i'm sorry it's hard to talk <laughs> so what what would what can you be with someone who who doesn't help you follow your dreams and evolve growth and development? Hmm. Is that, Can you be with someone? You mean? Uh, and within a relationship, within a a marriage, like because that. Unfortunately, I've seen that a lot, and sometimes it just. Yeah. A relationship just goes on and on and on, just yeah. for the sake of being married, and yeah. you know that 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 evolves into resentment. You know, a person has dreams. Right. And I, I see that, it, that, that like you're saying there, is that there's that, um, the stagnation is more, it's more, um, what I want to say. I'm nervous because I'm on the radio. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's more likely that stagnation is going to set in soon, more sooner than later. Whereas if you have a growing and evolving relationship where one encourages the other um, in whatever their interests are, and um, as well as um, you know growing together, it, it's it's a back and forth um, kind of situation. And and I I just see that to me where people are um, you know they feel uh, you know they're not complete unless they're like. Unless and, uh, it, you know, and uh, they have to get married, or and there's this pressure that they have to have some kind of relationship that has nothing to do with where, who they are, and societal, uh, it's, it's societal uh, yeah. pressures. Right. Societal pressures. I, I see. To me, what makes sense is um, um, a connected comrade. Um, connect a, a connected comrade, so that it's an evolution of co- two two individuals coming together who encourage each other in whatever direction they they need to go and in their interests, and um, they help facilitate that and whatever it, it, that means, and and as well as grow individually, so that individually and together, I mean, as well as growing together. Sorry, <laughs> so that it helps it it helps the individual and it helps the uh, uh, the relationship to evolve. Um, where uh, in contrast to what happens when 
things fall apart. You know, that's and, right, Judy. You know, you thanks a lot, willing, and it's very it takes, reciprocal. It takes work. It, it's it's it takes work. Oh, it takes a lot of work. A lot the of benefits it. are you cannot buy. Yes. You cannot buy a a, a relationship. You can't, you can't buy me love, no. <laughs> you can't, you can't, can't buy love. Thank you so much, Judy, for all your words. You're so wonderful. Thank you so much. No, you're so wonderful, Judy. Thank you. I really want to get to Patty. Patty's uh, Patty is calling us from Oakland. Patty, what would you like to say tonight? Oh, I would just... <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. I'm kind of an old guy. I've been around for so many damn years. I don't know where I'm coming from. I'm from originally from Hawaii, okay, and I give you a brief history about me. I've been on bed. I've been uh, living in Barry for for a long time. But what you're saying about love, I being being an ancient person, being you know living a long time and been through a lot of mess with America uh, and the BS I had to live with. Uh, loving yourself, you know, mind, body, and spirit. Is the key. Now we're talking. If you don't have that, you cannot love nobody else, and you forget about it. You and attract you, who you are. That's right. And if you think material things or money is going to make you feel good, look at Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put in that, okay? Because, see, I'm, I'm a madman. But I'm not the kind of madman you think I am. My grandpa was taken off an island a long time ago and stuck in another island because they were afraid of him. That's right, you know. And love will make you will make you crazy, you know. Off, oftentimes, but that's right though. You got to know where you stand, where you're coming from, where you're going. If you're not on a solid foundation yourself, that kind of that kind of sucks a little bit. But yeah, we also got Vita. Vita. Uh, hello. Hi, Vita. Hi, how are you? Doing all right. Where are you calling us from? Uh, San Francisco. Nice. All right. So I um, basically was just calling because I was really um, interested in your segment on love. <laughs> I feel like I have like this journey on love. It's about self-love. We'll share it. And um, it's really important because I've been in um, like a bunch of relationships <laughs> like so many and I think it's so important it's like it's like self-healing and taking care of yourself is number one and when you get that down everything else just kind of falls into place it's really beautiful and magical so I just wanted to share that okay wonderful um can I ask you a question yeah of course why do you think why do you think you fall apart? I mean, you seem like you have a good grasp on loving yourself. If that's the key, can you um, can you elaborate a little bit more? How, why, why do you why do you find fall apart? Like because it's such a journey. It's like um, it's like uh, being um, I guess I would say proud of myself. Okay. You know, and like standing up because I think that when women get into relationships with men. Um, they kind of like fall into the man. And that's something that I um, I know to be true for every woman, as strong as uh, feminist women can be. Um, it really, it is true. It resonates with so many women because you can be as strong and powerful and like, you know, stand on your own. And then all of a sudden, like you can fall apart with like your heart because Ten you seconds. fall in love with someone. Yeah. 
oh yeah, it falls apart. And um, it's amazing. It's amazing. And that's why I think it's like when you have that, um, when you have that self-love for yourself, and, and, and it's, it's a long journey because I think that goes for everyone. I mean, especially now, considering what's happening in the world, it's really important that we do that. And it's really important that we take care of ourselves. Yes. It's really important that we stand strong and that we, you know, empower each other. So, That's right. Because it is a reciprocal yeah. thing, as we have as we mentioned. You know, you're so awesome. Thank you so much. I, you know, wish you everything in love and happiness. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thanks to all of our callers. Thank you so much. Just a quick reminder that we have extended application deadline. Uh, we've extended the application deadline. You can download an application on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. Tune in next week to Full Circle at 7 p.m. here on KPFA. Also, visit our website, kpfaapprentice.org. You can listen to our past shows and see photos of us and our guests. That's right. The executive producer for Full Circle is our technical director, Free Will and Frank Sterling. Joy Moore is our production consultant. Don't forget about Ms. M. We have Silvia Torres on the on the board right now. I've been your host, David Lagran. And I'm Dennis the Menace Roos. Thank you for joining us tonight on Full Circle. And remember, if you're listening, you are the resistance. Stay tuned to La Onda Bajita is next. <laughs>